St. Paul is talking a lot about being called and calling. And of course, this, this phrase that he's using, talking about being called to do things, he's talking about a vocation. We use that term with, with religious especially. You know, a, a, a vocation to the priesthood, a vocation to the religious life. But what St. Paul is telling us is that we all have things that we each individually are called to do within our lives. Yes, we may have a vocation to marriage, a vocation to the priesthood, or something more. But St. Paul wrote, To you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So he tells us right there we're called to be holy. But there's much more that our readings tell us we are called to do. And these calls that we have are not easy. They are not the easy path. They are not the straight and, straight and wide road. They are the narrow and windy path that our Lord tells us is the path to heaven. And it's important, I would argue, that we as Christians take these calls seriously. Despite the fact they're difficult, despite the fact they will put us out of our comfort zone, we need to take these calls seriously. We need to take these calls seriously, of course, for ourselves and our salvation, that we might make it into the kingdom of heaven. But these calls are also important. It's important that we follow these calls for our families, for those, our friends and those you know, that we are close to, for our communities, not just the community of Cascade but in the community of Sacred Heart Parish, but our country, our state, and, of course, for the world. These calls it, are important for everyone, that our examples through living these calls will change the world. And the first call, of course, is the one that St. Paul mentions, the call to be holy. Now, we hear this word holy and it's a phrase I'm, I hope as Catholics we, we are very familiar with, this word holy, sanctified or sanctity or, you know, those kind of phrases. They mean to be set aside for God. For something to be holy means that it is set aside for God. That's a, that's a common phrase you will hear. So if we are called to be holy, it means we are called to set ourselves aside for God or to live our lives for him. And St. Paul tells us that we received this call at our baptism, that we were sanctified by the Holy Spirit at our baptism, meaning we were set aside for God at our baptism. Our lives are not our own, they're his. That is how we are called to live, that our lives should not point to ourselves, that when we live our lives, it's not about ourselves, it's not about what we want, it's not about what we desire, it's about him. And the example of that that we see in our scriptures today is John the Baptist. John the Baptist radically lived his life for Christ. Even if he did not originally know who the Christ was, he did not know that Jesus was the Savior. He knew that he was called to live his life for that Savior. And he says, a man, he said at one point, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Well, of course, in the gospel, we see him pointing to our Lord saying, that's the one I'm talking about. That's who I'm talking about. That Jesus, his cousin, by the way, 
He is the one I'm talking about. In another place, John the Baptist says, I must decrease, he must increase. He knew that his job was to point to Christ, and then after that, he was done. Our lives should be like that as well. I must decrease, he must increase. Our job is to point to Christ. I was recently reminded of an example in my life of someone I knew who lived this. And I was reminded by finding out that he had passed away back in October. His name was Father Patrick Boyle, SJ, Society of Jesuits. He was one of the professors at Mundelein Seminary where I did my theology studies. And he lived to be a ripe old age of 90. Now, of course, his name was Patrick Boyle. Can you get any more Irish than that? And he was Irishman. I mean, he was, he was from the United States. He was, he was not from Ireland, but he was of Irish descent. And he was Irishman to the core. And he was one of the good Jesuits. You know, I hate to say it, but the Jesuit order right now, there are the good Jesuits and there are the not-so-good Jesuits, shall we say, let's be nice, that don't quite follow Christ in their te his teaching as they should. He was one of the good ones. He truly desired with his life to proclaim the gospel of Christ. He sought to serve Christ with his life and to bring others to Christ. He was not concerned about the gospel of the world. In fact, he was very radically against a lot of the things in the world and was very outspoken about being against those things of the world. He sought to serve Christ and to bring others to Christ. Now, he was a uh, priest chaplain in the army during Vietnam and was a paratrooper priest chaplain during Vietnam because he knew that's where the troops were. He knew that's where the, the flock was. And in fact, um, he became one of the most highly decorated priest chaplains during the war because he would be at the forward operating bases, what they today call forward operating bases, fire control bases, they called them then. And there was one incident where he knew that an attack was coming, that that base was going to be attacked. And he purposely stayed there so that he could be there when they got attacked and was able to pray with the soldiers that were injured and to uh, anoint those who had died. I just found this out today, looking into him, that he had done this. I knew he had been a decorated chaplain, but I just found out how he was decorated or why he was decorated. He truly wanted to serve. In fact, he was asked, according to this story I read, when the helicopter left with the Protestant chaplain, he stayed. And he asked, was asked, why did you stay, Father? He goes, why would the shepherd leave when the wolf is just outside the gate? That's holiness. Um, he also had a wonderful sense of humor, a great sense of humor. He was one of those guys, you know the people that they act gruff, you know, but it's, 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 that's their humor. That's who they are. He uh, would tell us at the seminary, I like you guys. And I hope you guys like me. And because I like you guys, I call you by your first name. And so I want you to call me by my first name. Father. Father. <laughs> that's the kind of sense of humor this guy had. 
He had a dog, again, according to this story, he had a dog that he took with him in Vietnam. I don't know if this was a mutt that he had picked up somewhere along the way, or I'm assuming so. I can't tell you the name of the dog, but it had some reference to him being neutered, the dog being neutered. You can kind of picture the fill in the line there. Um, that's the kind of sense of humor this guy had. But as I said, he, just, he had a great sense of humor, and he was very much beloved of the seminarians. And not just because of his sense of humor, and not because of his personality, but because he was the example of holiness. Every morning, he would get up, often before the sun was even peeking over the horizon, the light of the sun was even peeking over the horizon, and he would go into the chapel, the Jesuit chapel, which was one chapel there on campus that had stat or statuary and uh, stained glass of the Jesuit, some of the Jesuit saints. You know, as I said, he was a Jesuit. That was his chapel. And he would pray and celebrate Mass at 6 o'clock in the morning, every morning. First thing he would do would, would be pray and celebrate Mass. That's one example of holiness I don't think I can live up to. At six, if I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning, it's looking at my clock going, oh good, I can get another hour of sleep. <laughs> you know, but he had that example. He was sought after as a confessor, as a spiritual director. Seminarians, you know, we, we would pick our spiritual directors every year. We could choose who we wanted. And he always had a list, lineup of people who wanted him as a spiritual director. Never had to worry about not being picked. Um, he understood that his call as a Jesuit at that time in his life was to form us, not just as future priests, but as Christians, of what it looks like to live as a Christian. And he taught us moral theology. He was one of our moral theology professors. And he knew that his teaching in moral theology was first and foremost was to help us live as Christians. Secondly, to understand the moral theology. He understood that through his example, through his teaching. He showed us the example of what it looks like for us to live as holy, as, as holy people. And not just as priests, but as Christians. That was his purpose. That was his call at that time. We all have our call that we have to live holy in our lives. In whatever position we are in, whether it is a husband and a father, a wife and a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, as a single person, as a priest, as a religious, we have that call to be holy, to be set apart for God and to live our life for God. And Father Patrick Boyle was one of those examples in my life that showed that. He showed what it meant to be holy, and he showed what it meant to be a light to the nations. We see that phrase, the light of Christ, the light to the nations, that our, the light of holiness shines through us and out into the world. And, you know, that as our Lord said, that, or that as it says in the readings, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This comes, you know, for the first reading from the prophet that our salvation, that his salvation, the salvation of Christ, may reach out to the world. We need to let that holiness shine through us so that our lives are pointing to Christ, that that light shines through us pointing to Christ. You know, we have this, we see this, where John the Baptist sees our Lord coming. And what does he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Sound familiar? 
That phrase is said at every Mass. When the priest is holding up the host, the priest is holding up Jesus himself, really present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. That is a reminder for us that Christ is here, and he is the one who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one through whom he needs to shine into the world, through whom we need to allow to shine into the world. We need to let his light shine. We need to be that light to the nations. And to go out, and another call we have is to testify that Jesus is the Son of God, just as John the Baptist did. Again, he pointed at Christ. He told his followers, follow him. He is the Savior of the world. We need to proclaim Christ. We need to point to him. And not just in our actions. So many people like to use the, you know, say that phrase attributed to um, Francis of Assisi, I think actually comes from earlier from uh, St. Jerome, proclaim the gospel always when necessary use words. And it's a wonderful phrase. It's saying that our entire lives must be pointing to Christ. But notice what it says. When necessary use words. That still means we have to speak the gospel. We still have to say, this is Christ. This is the Savior of the world. This is the one who we are called to follow. The language that we use is important. And that's not to say we need to be going around constantly, you know, pounding with a, a Bible or something, you know, being a Bible thumper. But even just the very words we say, we need to be careful about the language that we use about how we speak about others, how we speak to others, says so much about our belief in Christ. And we need to be speaking more about him than we do ourselves. More about him than our problems, our concerns, our worries, our gossip. Our... We need to be speaking about him more than we do ourselves. And then as we're speaking... We need to be speaking out as John the Baptist did. That is another call that we have, is to speak out when we see un unjust and immoral actions and behaviors, immoral and unjust laws in our country and throughout the world. Because this call is a call to change the world for Christ. This call to be holiness, this call to be the light to the nations, this call to, to speak the truth about Christ is a call to change the world. You know, we might look at the world and we might despair that it seems like there's so much wrong in the world. And there is. It's so dark. This, the darkness of sin infests the world, and it does. Oh, if only we could change the world. We can. We can not politicians, not those people over there, us. And we change the world by first of all being holy ourselves and then calling the world to holiness, calling the world to change. John the Baptist was the example of that. You know, we had a couple of cases where you know, the, the, some of the Pharisees and scribes were coming to him for the baptism because they were reading the signs of the time. This guy, his star was on the rise. He was, a, you know, somebody that they needed to be around. And he calls them on it. 
Who told you to flee from the coming wrath? I mean, he was not a gentle person by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he basically told them off. And he literally lost his head because he called out the ruler for marrying his brother's wife. And, you know, and we know how that worked out. Not too well. But he called out unjust and immoral actions and laws. He called that out. And so we look at our world and we see all these unjust behaviors, unjust laws, unjust actions by our country, by people around us. We need to be willing to call that out. And you think of, of, of course, the big one, the wars, war especially in Ukraine. You know, being willing to call that out and call out the harm that's being done over there. And yes, there are arguments of which side is right and which side is wrong, or is either side in the right. Here's a hint, I think, neither is. But there are innocent people being injured and killed and displaced because of this war. We need to call that out. And we need to call our country to account for contributing to it in the ways they have. We look at the poverty throughout the world. You know, we live, let's be honest, for us as Americans, most of us live pretty fat and happy when it comes to, you know, we have enough food, maybe not as much as we would like, maybe not the kinds of food we would like, but we still live pretty fat and happy. But there are still people even in this community, who are one meal away, one missed paycheck, one missed whatever from being not having enough. You know, we need to do what we can to help. That's why it's great that we have things like the food bank here in town, stuff like that. We need to be calling out uh, other nations. As a country, we should be calling out other nations where there is real poverty, where people absolutely do not have enough to eat. They are truly malnourished. And it's not because they can't get the food into the country. It's because the country is mismanaging it, whether it's because a dictator running the country or lack of uh, distribution channels or what have you. Things like that. We need to be calling our government to work on things like that instead of stuff like the wars that they're doing. We look at the, the divisions in our country with, with racism and sexism and all these other isms that are out there that divide our country and that even has led to violence in parts in the last couple of years. We need to be calling stuff like that out to overcome those, those racism and all these, this division from wherever we find it. And then we can even look at things like religious violence and persecution throughout the world and even in our country. And we can go on and on. All these things that are, that are immoral and unjust that are being done, whether as a country, as, as a community, in people that we know and people who are far away, we need to be willing to call those out, to speak up and call them out and call for them to be changed. That's how we change the world, is by us becoming holy, becoming the light to the world, light to the nations to speaking out about the gospel of Christ, but also to speak out against those areas of violence and hatred and immorality. We have these calls. These calls were given to us at our baptism. And for the sake of the world, for the sake of those close to us, may we truly hear those calls and be willing to answer them as John the Baptist did, as St. Paul did, as so many of the great saints throughout the history of the church did.